Hello, and welcome to the Leadership to Wealth podcast. I'm Neil D'Souza, your host, and I'm here to let you know that we are slightly changing our format. We are taking the most high-value moments of each conversation we have on the podcast and putting those into the audio version, which you're about to hear. You can get the entire conversation on our Leadership to Wealth YouTube page. So you can catch the rest there when you go and subscribe. Thanks for being a listener of Leadership to Wealth and enjoy this episode. Hey guys, today on the Leadership to Wealth podcast, you know, I'm your host, Neil D'Souza, but I've got a great guest for you today. He is the executive vice president of Revolution Mortgages. And he talks about how we are sold on this idea of entrepreneurship, even though it may not match what your life goals are, what your personality is, really what's in alignment for you. And so we talk a lot about alignment on the show today. And his life proves that you can build wealth even as an entrepreneur. So today we're really going to discuss, especially this topic of showing up for the people you care about and building excellence on today's show, Brian Covey. I think we've got a bit of an intro here. Always learning and growing. Attracting the right people and keeping your vision in focus, focus every day. This is the Brian Covey Show. Hey, what's happening, guys? All right, Brian Covey on the show today. Did, did that come through? I. I yeah, that I recognize that. Of course, that's uh, <laughs> my buddy Jim McCarthy did the voiceover and all that stuff there. So you may recognize he does several yes. um, pretty cool podcast intros. Yes, um, he actually does. Uh, the one that I recognize him from right off would be uh, the real Bradley. Yep, and, Bradley uh, Cardone, a uh, couple yes. others. Yeah, he's he's a beast. He's here in Nashville with me, so I linked up with him when we launched the podcast three years ago. And it was basically, like, hey, I know nothing about this. I've been told I need to start a podcast. I have no idea. Like, I don't even know what to do. Like, will you, will you show me like what this is about? And you, know, you find great people like that in your life and they teach you and show you. So Jim's become yeah. a, a good friend. Oh, that's great. That's great. Um, okay. I, I've, got, I've got to ask this question and sort of move in, in a bit of a direction that maybe it's a little bit selfish for me and for people that are, <laughs> that are around me. And that is this idea of, you know, entrepreneurship, solopreneurship, and then uh, switching that over to building a business. I, I think oftentimes there is, we're looking, especially right now, over these last couple of years, we've seen so many people go in and, and starting businesses, which I think is fantastic. Um, and they're, they're going in, but then there's the question of how do, how do I know when it's time to, to make that shift? And should I be making that shift? What, what, what should I be looking at for, to go from, from that to, to building a business? Because Sometimes you can just be comfortable where you're at. Hey, I've got money coming in. Everything's good. I don't have a boss. You know, these things are all in alignment. But should I be looking at that next stage? And what should I be looking at as we talk about building teams and, you know, building businesses? I think most people are not honest with themselves, Neil, is why, 
you know, people want the freedom. They want to go the entrepreneur lifestyle. It's been sold to us through Instagram and social media and all this stuff like sexy, glamorous. And you don't really see the hours and the work and the training and how long it took people to acquire the skills and, and what they truly had to sacrifice. I know people don't like to use that word, but they did have to give up some things. They had to sacrifice some things to be there. You know, what I learned in my own journey that I don't think is talked about enough is the life of an entrepreneur, right? Like I've always worked for someone that was the one that built the company or built the business. I've done corporate America. I've done all that. Well, that's uniquely qualified me in many areas because I've been around them. I've learned the skills and I've learned the business. I know how to build a team. I know how to attract everyone there. I've personally made the choice that this season of my life where I am, I love being part of a team, knowing my role and being more of an entrepreneur, even though I'm an executive in a company. The reality is I recognize I am not the person that's going to go out there and start up my own company and build that today because my skills and what I believe I add value, someone will pay me my fair worth and I will then have an aligned lifestyle, right? Where I am not the person running that. That was just my own choice, right? And so be like, you know, I love to hear like, oh, that's, you know, you got to be your own boss. You got to be this. I said, that's my choice, right? Like if you want to go do that, go do it. The statistics tell me that the majority of people are not going to be successful in that. And there's another statistic recently, how many people are flaunting and faking their success. I'm like, dude, I've got real results, real track records for over 20 years in the space. That to me is more important, the impact in people's lives right. that I've been able to do. Find your vehicle, find where you need to be and go serve. Right. I think that's where we get caught up in entrepreneur, entrepreneur. What's my position? If you show up and you add value and you serve people, sky's the limit. Do you really need a title? Do you really need somebody to say you're this or say you're that? Like, my kids don't care what my title is. My kids don't care how much money I make. Right. Like, there's a point at which they know that dad's successful. They know dad loves what he does. They know dad's committed to doing what he says he's going to do and shows up. That's what matters. Right. On the other side of that, I have my own goals and things that I'm driving and I'm measuring those to make sure they never really have to worry about that stuff. That's not what, mm -hmm. that's not what is important to them. Oh my goodness. Okay. You have to speak to that because the, the culture you're right, right now, there is this huge thrust on entrepreneurship, solopreneurship and, and it's, you know, intrapreneurship, <laughs> working within a company is kind of getting cast aside or, or demonized even. Uh, and can you speak to, for the people that are out that are trying to figure it out, you know, should I be going out on my own versus staying? Can you say something to, to that in terms of how to know that this is, this is a decision that you could be making? Yeah. So in my, my own journey, you know, what I have discovered is I don't think it has to be an either or. I think many times in life we're like, oh, it has to be this or it has to be that. You know, what I found is I have an entrepreneurial spirit that I'm able to kind of flex and express within an organization. And then I take that spirit and I go invest in other areas, right? Into real estate and other things that we've built companies. And I'm part of those. I wasn't the person that put up all the money. You know, we went in and some of us, we would buy multifamily complex. Great example. There's multiple investors. I understand the model. I'm going to go invest in that. That's an entrepreneurial action because I put my own money up to invest in something, but I'm not involved in the day-to-day. -day. So I think you have to find outlets that you can, one, that you enjoy and you understand, because I think it's important, but two, that you can make money. And that's where 
I look and go, man, what, what a benefit. Every successful entrepreneur that I know and that, that you probably know, they have great people on their team that they've scaled and they are not the owner of that company. And so you got to think, well, if the entrepreneur is smart enough to hire wonderful people around them that makes the, the business work, which we all know you have to have, man, maybe there's something to that. Maybe I could learn and be an apprentice and get mentored and do all that. And when my time comes, I'm going to be prepared to go. I think that's why many launch too early is they haven't put in the time. They haven't really gained the experience and they launch too early. It doesn't mean that you're not going to ever own your own company and be a solopreneur or entrepreneur. It just means in the season, what are the lessons and the things that you're learning and who you are learning from matters. Once you learn it, go launch your own company. And I've started to do that. You know, it's back to the old misnomer of millionaires have seven streams of income, right? Well, true and not true. True is one of those seven, I guarantee you, is probably about 75% or more of their true actual revenue and income. The others became after the fact that they started investing into those and then they're starting to diversify out. And too many people want to go into like, hey man, I'm doing crypto over here. I'm doing real estate over here. I'm in mortgage. I got solar. I've got a sales coaching thing. I'm like, I'm all over the place. I'm like, yeah, diluted focus is diluted results. One of my, my friends, Rory Vaden, said that diluted focus will give you diluted results. Ooh, I'm writing that down. Diluted results. Wow. Old nuggets that's like great. dropping the bomb, yeah. right? Like, yeah, is, is, <laughs> that's right. And, and that's what for anyone listening is if you take anything out of what I just shared is when you focus on one thing, you get great at it. When you get great at it, people will pay you because you're solving problems because you're the person to go to. Well, guess what? Mm -hmm. when you earn that, then you can diversify. That is the, that is the sequence. Yeah, that's right. And, and it's true. Often, you know, I'm, I'm in the mortgage space as well. And, uh, and as you've been and built uh, for, for quite a while. And one of the things that I've chosen to go into was I decided to niche down and move into private lending and really focus around that. And um, I, I've seen that you've had some different people on your show and that have spoken about some of these things. And I'm sure you're quite familiar with it. One of the things that I realized in the mortgage industry was there were so many people out there that were trying to do, I can do, oh yes, I can do this mortgage. I can do that. I can, okay, I can be here. I can be there. And, and they're all over the place. And, and I found that uh, I was like, you know what? I'd like to just be good at, yeah. at one thing. I'd actually like to be really good at that one thing and know it. I'm not saying that I don't do the other things for family and friends. I can do the regular stuff, but I found for me that focusing on this one aspect of private lending, hard money lending was, you know, I love the conversations I love with other investors and it just made sense at the end of the day, rather than, you know, filling out stuff for the banks. Not that I'm going to say anything bad about the banks right now, but um, we'll save that yeah. for another show. But I, I get what you're saying in terms of, you know, like aligning yourself and, and there was something there that you mentioned with regards to a job, uh, you know, being an entrepreneur versus an entrepreneur. And I think a lot of people are missing the amount of work, uh, mental energy, emotional energy that is actually going on 
outside when you, when you move off when you, when you want to build a business i'm not saying that it isn't fun i love it i've learned more than i could ever have imagined but i i also find myself sitting here looking going wow if i had stayed within a company i would have had all those evenings i would have had all those weekends i would have you know had all of those things did I really need it. And I'm going to share something. I'm going to drop something here that I've realized is that there was a lot that I've done in building a business that was really built around my ego more than anything mm-hmm. else. And and it was only until you get to this stage of life, you know, these, these gray hairs have been earned. You get to this stage and I'm not that old <laughs> and you realize, yeah. oh my goodness, um, this this was the cost and and i've enjoyed paying it to be honest with you but i i really respect you being able to see that and find a way to be able to still uh blow up and grow and and do all of these things and be able to enjoy all that you've been able to enjoy i think that's what it's about you know listen to you even talk about that it's like you know, the people that are successful, they'll leave some clues along the way, right? And, and that focus piece for me has been just a recurring theme, whether it's sports, business, life, all of that as a dad, you know, three kids, being married 20 years, like all that. I'm like, and where you focus, things do expand. We hear about it. And, and I love what you're thinking too, is when our ego starts to drive decisions or what we're doing, it's not a good thing. I've always found like when mm. money's the driver, that's not it, right? And so for a lot of us, finding that fulfillment and purpose at least in my own journey, I found when I'm aligned up there, the money follows, but it wasn't. Yeah. I'm moving because this, even my latest move, you know, a lot of people asked and I said, money, money was not the, the driver. Like at some point down the road, I, I know I'll be able to earn great money, but, but the driver was the freedom, the voice at the table, the control, the things that matter on a day-to-day basis that I believed I could impact more people and I could create more wealth in people that are on my team and share that with them. I know that to be true. So if you do it for the right reasons, you'll be blessed. Yes, absolutely. One of the things I've realized is around the, exactly what you're saying with regards to with regards to money. It actually wasn't my... I'm going to separate between money and ego here because I realized the money wasn't even as important to me as uh battling sort of this demon i'm gonna say of you're not good enough you can't do it mm-hmm. you're, you're gonna fail at this and mm-hmm. to some degree i as as i've built you know and you do you get deals done and you you figure out all of these things the money didn't even matter it was like yeah. that's over there and um until there came a point where I, I'd spoken enough, enough people had told me how great I was. Man, I can't believe about this. And then you start looking and go, oh, my goodness. This was this was about my ego, you, you know, beyond any, yeah. anything else. And uh, I, in fact, I probably could have made more money if I if I had been in a job. And, you know, now I'll say I've learned a ton and and where things are now and where they're going now is very different but for those years for those first number of years the money wasn't nearly what it mm-hmm. could have been if i had if i had had a job and and just invested the difference so so what i really got out of it 
and I think for people that if they're thinking about, you know, you want to become an entrepreneur, you want to go off on this road is you will learn a lot about yourself and mm-hmm. um, you, you'll learn about those motivations. You'll learn. And and sometimes I, I think when I think about the difference between this and being an entrepreneur, I realize that I might not have learned those lessons about myself had I stayed there. And, um, you know, I, I, for me, you know, when we talked about competitiveness, there was something in there that said, I need to take this on, even if I'm going to go down in a, in a blaze of glory. Um, you know, I, I, I've got to try to take this on and it's, I've enjoyed it now. Awesome. I've come to that point where I've realized that that's not the only way. And I, and I appreciate Mm -hmm. you, you saying that you could save yourself a lot of headache, um, by, by really being in alignment. So that, that's great. Now, I've, I mean, you have been, you've been identified uh, on entrepreneur, entrepreneur.com. Uh, you've been with, uh, you know, Forbes, you, you've been, you've been highlighted all over the place. And, and, and you're, you're noticing that your alignment is, is better used in different places or not better used, perhaps, you know, you just, you're just finding yourself more aligned in, in this new chapter. So the, so the question I want to ask is what's the point of starting a podcast, building a brand inside of that? Most people understand it. If you're building a business, if you're, Mm -hmm. you're uh, an entrepreneur, you've used it on the other side of the table. Why, why do you, would you do that? And what do you recommend about it? Oh, cool question. Five years ago, when I started really leaning into it, I didn't really know what I was doing. I was like, well, recruiting's not working for me consistently. My business is ups and downs and didn't really have the um, consistency. It felt like the hamster wheel, right? And I was attracting people into my life and the team that they would get here. And I'm like, I don't really like that person, right? And and this whole (laughs) model was broken, right? Let's be real. That's that's what was happening. I'm like, okay, so you have a choice. I can either blame it on everyone else and all the other stuff, or I can go, well, it's me. And I realized I wasn't building a personal brand. I didn't know what I stood for, what I believed, all these things that I should know as a leader, you got to communicate and, and properly like articulate and to attract the right people in. So I went on this journey, I hired a recruiting coach, didn't even know that's what I was doing, but we started dabbling in personal brand. And I did have a core belief that people still join people not companies, right? Like the model's got to be the right match, but people still follow people and they want to work with great people. I'm like, well, I want to work with great people and I'm like a four or five right now. How do I get to be a six, seven, eight, nine some days? You got to do the work. And I saw this opening in really like what, what I call like the blue ocean space. No one in the mortgage space, especially, or real estate really was doing short form content, videos, showing up online, building a brand, told people what they stood for, talked about what their journey was, what their struggles were, what they were learning, what they were reading, whatever it is. And I'm like, I can connect with more people. That means more people have a chance and I have more of a chance to actually connect and bring them on the team, do business with them. And I always use this analogy of if there's a table that's set and let's just take it to the loan officer level, why it's important for them, not even just me. And let's just say there's six seats and the customer is going to go online. We all know that today. Data shows that. And they're going to search for a lender. Everybody's sitting there. 
you may think you have the best rates, the best programs and everything. The problem is, Neil, you may be the best. If you don't have a seat at that table because you're not online and they can't find you easily, the customer doesn't know. Are they going to call 100 lenders and shop them all? Are they going to call 10? No. So what we can do to go on the offense is we can show up online. We can be what I call ubiquitous, right? And I'm showing up everywhere customers might show up, everywhere loan officers might show up if that's my, my person that I want to work with and target. I'm showing up everywhere that real estate agents would show up. And I want to be so ubiquitous and that like, dude, everywhere I show up, this Brian guy is there. And then, oh, by the way, when they meet me in person because they've met, seen me online and they have an idea of what my brand is, they're like, oh, this Brian dude's the same guy I saw online, same, there's alignment, I can trust him. That ability to gain trust can happen so fast today when you show up in all of those areas and when you show up in person and there's alignment. So I'll use, um, I used a Rory quote earlier, I'll use another one. He opened my eyes to, he said, you know, really the social media and what people talk about, your, your social brand is the digitization of your reputation. So, so your personal brand is basically the digitization of your reputation, meaning when people show up online and they search you and they look for you, that is your reputation. Because how many times, Neil, do you get a chance to actually talk to someone as much as you'd want to share your story? They don't get to listen to the full podcast. They don't know who you are. But guess what? Social allows you the platform to do it and reach thousands upon hundreds of thousands, if not millions of people. And here's an interesting stat I'll, I'll leave you with this. I look back at LinkedIn and I've been on there a while. We've had over a million individual impressions on LinkedIn in a year. Over 1 million unique people have seen my content on LinkedIn. Tell me where else I can go as a mortgage leader, an originator, an entrepreneur, and I can have a million eyeballs. Some spent more time than others, but a million people for free outside of my time, energy, and effort. I mean, come on. Like, we're living in the greatest time ever to build your brand and your reputation and to grow your business. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm laughing uh, over here because I'm loving everything you're saying. And, um, and I'm thinking, we tell people this. I've told people this. And they don't listen to you. And you're thinking, why? Why? Please, listen to Brian, guys. Listen to what Brian's saying right now. It is the most amazing thing you know, in, in my, in my world, as I'm dealing with, uh, private investors and then people are like, how do you find private investors? So, well, I do the old fashioned way. I shake hands, have coffees, you know, talk to people. And, uh, I said, and then there's also this thing called social media where I share things online and, and you actually, um, you had in a post uh, online, you talked about, are you the same on social media as you are in the office? And, um, and I loved it because I was thinking to myself, that is probably the key for me is people will, they'll, con they'll consume my content. Mm -hmm. And then maybe a year later, they'll pick up the phone, call me, and they'll talk to me as if they've been talking to me for a year. That's and cool. it is the dangest thing I could ever. <laughs> yeah. Hey, uh, but, okay. Yeah. You're this. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's great. And we're like 20 minutes into the conversation before they tell me, oh, by the way, I've been watching your content 
I don't think I told you my name. My name is, you know, they've just gone right into it as if we're friends. And I'm thinking, how else can you really get that type of uh, someone to know, like, and trust you, right? And and social media is able to do that. And I love what you just said there about it's the digitization of your reputation. That is so true. And, um, you, you know, I think that that's really powerful, especially in the mortgage space, right? Yeah. Because people have a hard time in the mortgage space trying to understand value uh, when you're just looking right. at percentage points, right? What? Why am I going with this person or that poison person? They're just going to, okay, this person's going to give me something a little bit cheaper. Is that really what you want to be talking about, right? And and I think you're you're pointing to the exact opposite. Yeah, people do business with people, right? And, and here's what I've learned is even this latest move, I, I always love to study like what what happened in my journey because that's that's the truth, right? Like we we can't really separate what is happening right now is what I've been talking about has come to fruition. Five years of me working, I've changed companies. And Neil, every day since I've moved, my phone is blowing up with people. And by the way, majority of them, they're setting appointments and wanting to find out more that are curious. They've only seen me online and social. Majority of them. And I started, I was curious, like, that's interesting. Like, we've been following your content. We love your, your posts. We weren't sure we wanted to work for a big company. But now that you've moved, you've got us curious. And so what I didn't know is I was prospecting and planting the seeds for people that I wanted to attract, I didn't even know I was moving companies. I want you guys to think about that for a minute. The power in which the years and the reps and showing up, the days I didn't feel like it, the days I didn't know what to post, all those things, I still showed up. That is created now where, where I can tell you, Niels, the amount of billions that will be created from just me moving in a few weeks of people that will want to join the organization because they feel like they already know me. They know what I stand for. They know what I believe. We've already fast forwarded now. We're like, I like you. I trust you. Tell me about your model. Let me dig into the process. Show me your technology. Can I see your CRM? Right. We're already moving into a stage so much further down the funnel that I'm not at the top of the funnel anymore having to go, hi, I'm Brian. Let me explain who I am. I've done that. Yes. yes. I mean, and I've met people in person and it's funny how many times it's happened Neil. They're like, I'll say to them, man, like, hey, it's so nice to finally meet you in person. And they look at me and they're like, what? We've never, we've never met in person? And I was like, no, I've never actually met you in person. I'm like, holy crap. I'm like, yeah, that's the power yeah. of showing up in social. <laughs> I feel like you've met me how many times? And I'm like one of your yes. friends. I yes. show up. And you're like, yeah, I've met you before. I'm like, no, you haven't. Not in person. <laughs> that's why showing up congruently, right? right. That's why that matters. I'm the same right. guy. Yes. I, I really love that because, you know, so many people will, they've got their online personality. And then, and then when you meet them in real life, they're a completely different person. And I'm thinking that, that doesn't work at all. It, it, now you're just in showbiz. You might as well just go into some type of entertainment then, yeah. as opposed to trying to build people's trust because they think they know you. How many actors have always said that, you know, people come up to them like as if they're actually the character that they played. And uh, you, we don't want that. We are building our own brand. This is who we are. You can like it or you can lump it. I mean, that's just, yeah. that's just the way it is. Right. And uh, what put you in contact with that? What, what connected you to, 
you know what? I need to build this type of authenticity, this type of genuineness. Where did that come from? You know, watching folks like Gary V, I think was doing it at that time. Um, I was watching some folks, I think Lewis Howes at that point, and some guys out there, and they're showing up on social. I'm like, well, what if I did that in my industry? Like, what could happen? You know, because I need to know more people. I need to recruit. I was going into markets. I was opening states that I'd never worked in before. Mm-hmm. I thought, well, maybe there's a different way. And, and I've always been kind of curious and wired that way of like, well, if other people aren't doing it, why are they not doing it? Well, they're afraid. They don't know how. But if they could do it, they would do it. So I was like, okay. So let me figure that out. And I started to notice that no one in the mortgage space was really building a brand. You didn't know who they were. You watch other brands that you could connect up, you know, like Elon Musk, right? At Tesla, pretty easy. You can connect the two up together. Steve Jobs at Apple and all these, you know, like you have these, these people that you see at companies. I'm like, what if I did that in the mortgage space? So sure enough, when you start to think about an idea, people show up in your life. So this gentleman named Richard Milligan showed up. He was just at that point getting out of full-time, like leading a team in mortgage. He was opening his coaching platform. I was one of his first clients and he's like, hey man, let's build this thing. I'm like, cool. We didn't know what we were doing. And, you know, he's since written a book and he's got, you know, this online course that I've helped with. And some really cool things is when you realize you have a need and you want to grow in an area, be aware of people that show up in your life that can help you. Because that's who you need to become the best version and that next version of yourself. So that was the need, Neil, that I realized I didn't want to do it the same old way. I was frustrated and I was willing to try something different. That was it, to show up. And it has obviously grown since my super um, horrific videos from the early days. They're like your comic reel. I, I watch them and I go, I can sense the fear, the insecurity, like the uncertainty, all of it. I can see it in my own face, but I showed up. And that's the difference between yes. winners and people not winning. Showed up. Wow. That, that is very powerful and you know, I hope for those of you that are listening right now, you you can really hear in those words that Brian's sharing. It, it really is just about showing up and let the results will come, right? But it, what I'm hearing from you is it's really about showing up and caring about how you show up for people. Can you say what that's like in terms of, because you just shared about, hey, you were scared and yet you were still you were still doing it. What is that like to, as an experience to be scared of something and still try to show up? I'm probably like most on the video side, I'll give you a real life example of, I remember okay. I would do a video on my iPhone, delete, start it, messed up the words, delete over and over and over and over. And the frustration early on is like a kid learning to ride a bike. How many times did they fall down and not get it before they get it right? How many times did your toddler you have kids, how many times did they try to walk and they fell down? Guys, it is no different. Anything you start that you're new, you think you're just going to be great at it, you're not. And for those of you that are, congrats. For a lot of us, it was not easy. We had to learn. I had to study people and I had to realize what was there. But what I know to be true in my own life, you know, you know like through soccer, sports, business, all that, when I showed up and put the reps in and I had a coach or a mentor or somebody giving me feedback and I actually, like reviewed the game tape, we call it. I'd review and go, I could do that better, but I'm going to post it. 
I could do it better next time. I started to, just like my podcast, I would listen and go, I could do that better next time. We could improve here. When you're honest with yourself about where you can improve, you have this beautiful journey of constant improvement where the ego and the other areas get in and say, hey, you're good enough or people telling you you're wonderful. That's great. That's awesome. But you're not to your full potential. You're not that self-actualized, right? You know, and Maslow's like, you're not there yet. And you may never get to that point of completely having it mastered. But what I know to be true too is if you never get in the game, you're never going to get anywhere anyway. So which one would you rather have looked back on and said, I sat on the sidelines while everybody else was was doing it. And uh, I'm going to have excuses for why I'm not successful. Or I got in the game and yeah, I have some, some things that didn't go great. Like I sucked in the beginning, but I put the reps in. I got better. And that's why I'm successful today. That's the story I want to show. Like for my three kids, I want them to know I always showed up. Like yeah. win, lose, or draw, man. Like I'm, I'm getting in the game and competing. Yeah, I love it. I, I love it. I mean, I've got, I've got four of my own and same thing. I'm thinking you're going to see me mess up on all sorts of things. But you're gonna see me show up, and you're gonna you're gonna see me go down <laughs> in a blaze of glory. I'm gonna go down swinging, but uh, I'm I'm gonna try. And sometimes I'm gonna realize that it was the wrong decision. I made the wrong decision. Great, let's move on. Let's move to the next. One of the things I'm I'm interested in, I'm curious about, is as you make this change, especially through the journey that you've been, and especially as an athlete. You have had to evaluate yourself, your abilities, your skills continually over the years. And you've had to be able to look at it in, in a real light. And so here you are uh, making this change, going from uh, one safe spot to a new one. What do you bring into this, into this new opportunity that you're like, there's going to be something here, over here, that I'm going to have to work on. I'm going to, I, I'm a little, maybe even a little scared that might get exposed, yeah. but this is something that I've got to bring. Because, because those are usually the things that we we know well, but uh, we we may maybe we don't want to talk about. But can you shed some light on on something in that area for you as you make this change in your life? That's an interesting. One. You know. What I'm looking at in, in this current shift is what I've done is not exactly what I'll be doing there. I've built teams. I was very much in like, you know, the traditional retail model of there was a manager, the reported to a manager, the reported to a manager, like that structure and what I've known, I've known, right? And, and I know the goods and the bads. I know how to navigate it. In this new role, it's very much about the strategy and implementation and the growth. And do we do this or do we do that? You know, everybody wants a seat at the table until you have a seat at the table and your decisions impact hundreds of people and potentially thousands of people. So I'm looking at that as the decisions I make now are very much measure several times, cut once, right? If we're going to choose this technology over that technology, we're going to choose this strategy versus that strategy. I look things back to the, uh, the old Abe Lincoln, I think it was, is you know, if, if he were to cut down a tree, I think it was, what, four hours, he'd spend three hours sharpening the axe. I'm sharpening my axe a lot, and it's a lot of different areas. It's everything from communication style to listening to the team. Like, how are we going to solicit feedback? What are the areas that we really need to focus on? How do I prioritize the feedback that I get? So this role is going to be 
a little less in the sense of managing the team every day to how do I oversee the growth of an actual entire organization and reporting to the CEO, what are their priorities? Do their priorities align up with mine? Are we, are we having those conversations? This is going to look a little bit different, but here's what I know and I believe to be true in this whole scenario is I was put here for a reason. I believed all my experiences have led up to this, you know, and God wouldn't have me in that spot unless it felt like I was qualified. But at the same time, it's also room for me to grow. And so I'm open yeah. to that every day of, I don't know it all. And I'm being very patient at first as someone that wants to get in and just like, let's do, 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 do. I'm just listening. I'm asking questions. I'm going to seek to understand and then I'll be able to make the right recommendations. And so I would say that's, whereas in the other world, it was like, go, 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 like go a hundred miles an hour, just bring it all in. This, this one's going to be more prescriptive. It's very strategic. And you'll just let you know we're at five minutes to two o'clock. Thank you. Yes. I, I remember the, I've shared the story before the first time I ever bought a income property and leading up to that, I think I read everything I could find for about two years. I read like 150 books one year, trying to amass this knowledge and get it so I could get it right. I was afraid of getting it wrong. And after two years, two years, I finally got to the point where I was like, okay, I, I've, I could write one of these books at this point. And, um, and you know what, I'm still scared. And at that point, I, I, you know, as we talk about, as you mentioned about God, I, I recognize that, okay, so I guess this is a little bit of where faith comes in. I've got to have a little bit of faith yeah. that you've got my back. Even when I go in this, I'm going in with as much knowledge as I can, everything prepared and something could still go wrong. And you've got my back. You, you know what, what's good for me. And I remember thinking, okay, now here we go. And once I got into it, there were still some mistakes. And, and I remember when that happened being, actually, I was excited because I was like, okay, I found it. Here we go. Okay. Now let's go, let's go forward and let's make the best of this situation. And I, I love that attitude that you're taking into it is there's a lot more thoughtfulness into it, understanding the impact that you're going to have on so many people's lives that, but you're willing to take that on knowing that you've been built up with that thoughtfulness, knowing that you've been built up with having people's lives in your hands for so many years. And now you're, you're like, okay, <laughs> I I'm going to get some experience and I'm probably going to make some mistakes here, but I'm going to, I'm going to move into that direction. Right. And That's so, it. And so I, as I hear that, I, I'm thinking that's a very exciting and frightening place to be, <laughs> but that really is leadership. And, and I, it's what I love um, in terms of having people on the show and being able to share that essence, because that is really the essence that, that allows you to do what you need to do to build wealth internally and externally as well. Brian, I've loved having you on your show. I've got to ask as we as we conclude here, what's next for you and uh, for for your life, for your family? What, what's going on next as we lend into twenty twenty three? Oh man, well, I'll say this: I'm open to the possibilities of what's possible. You know, my coach and I talk about that a lot. Is that 
has for me been a stretch of being open to possibilities. I like things structured. I like them in a certain way. I like to predict, I like to plan it out, like all that. And for 2023, I'm working through my growth plan right now and just being open to the possibilities of, of what if, you know, I am called to do more. And, and I think I've been asked to speak more. I've been asked to create, you know, and help with some coaching programs and mentor some people. Um, I think I'll probably be launching maybe my own mastermind. Um, the book has kind of gotten a relaunch. All of those things are integrated for me. That's like just for me, even being a dad and a husband, like they're all integrated because they're all helping me become better in areas and reach my full potential. So I'm open to what's next and I'm excited. 2023, I think it's going to bring on some new challenges, but also some opportunities that, you know, I was, um, I, I prayed for and asked for. So I'm ready. Wow. Wow. Well, Listen, I, I I don't know if I can uh, if I can fly with uh, with the Eagles um, <laughs> with you guys up there, but if I can write me write me down into that mastermind, I'd love to uh, be a part of it and uh, and just to be able to continue to follow your journey. Uh, you know, I love everything that uh, you've been doing and and how you build with thoughtfulness, and and would love to uh, uh, to even be there to support it. Although, really. I, I'll get to I'll get to join in and and enjoy it. So um, you know, count me in. And and you're also an author as well. It, that you're you're right now. Your book is entitled Conversations with uh, with Covey, 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 Covey. Thank you, Covey, um, with Brian Covey. And um, there's there's no relationship to uh, to the Coveys, is there? Distant. That's that's the Mormon side of the family out out west. Yes. So there is a connection. There's a yeah, whole other story distant, to that, but distant, distant, distant connection. No, we're, I wish we're not. Um, we're, I grew we're up. Not going to go into that. Yeah. Oh, no, okay. it's a whole other. It's a whole other conversation. Well, yeah. yeah. Brian, uh, thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate you sharing your knowledge, wisdom. Uh, even even the fears, right? That that are there, and uh, or or the that those pieces that are you know right on the edge of it. Uh, I love it. I I really believe that is the edge of leadership, is to be able to be in that space of vulnerability and still move forward uh, with people and taking them with you through that journey. And and I think you uh, are really exemplifying that for for your uh, new endeavor as well as for your family. So thank you for coming on the show today. Awesome. Thank you, Neil. Thanks a lot, Brian. All right, guys, we'll see you next week on the Leadership to Wealth podcast.